Hey guys, and welcome back to the Female Fitness for- Formula podcast. I'm already stuffing up my intro. I have an amazing guest with me, Jack Hallows. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you. Happy to be here. Tell us about you. About me? Well, I am a 27-year-old male. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I am a, I'm an online coach, um, and I like to make funny videos in the gym sometimes that kind of give people a bit of value. And um, yeah, I've been doing this for like almost six years now. Um, so I did my PT certificates in 20, end of 2017, started 2018, started working in a gym. Um, and then COVID kind of hit a couple of years ago, decided it was time to go online and start making some content and actually putting myself out there a bit more. And now here we are. Amazing. Well, I've been following you on Instagram for a while now. And if anyone else follows Jack on Instagram, you probably know him for the really cool videos that you put out. How long does it take you to record those? Um, oh, it honestly depends. Like we were just talking off air before, like Musti who films all my videos for me, who's like us who's right currently now. behind the camera at the moment. <laughs> he's got a really pained smile on his face because he's thinking we recorded <laughs> yesterday for about two hours. And um, it really depends. Like I've started doing more of the talking stuff, like with the road go mic clip to myself. So yeah. trying to do like one take because previously I was like, video voiceover you can kind of script it a little bit more so you don't stuff up and you can time things um so videos back then would take me maybe 20 minutes to get a good solid video out Mm -hmm. like from starting to record it through to being able to put it out like total amount of time spent on the video now it can take me anywhere from like 45 minutes to if yesterday's anything to go by like three and a half hours um but the thing is I love it like I studied music in uni of all things um so I have this really creative side where for content I want to help people I want to provide value but I also want it to be entertaining and I enjoy messing around with it and being able to play with different camera angles and different types of content and you know lots of people talk about fitness content, you just need your phone, you just need it. And it's like, yeah, you do. That's all you need to be able to make good content is have good value. Yeah, and it's great. (laughs) Like, if you're providing value, that is genuinely all you need to be able to go on social media. But for me, I like the... I'm interested in the editing side and I'm interested yeah. in all that other side. So it, it can take a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were chatting before offline about, you know, that uh, experience you had at uni being that you study music. So there's that creative side. But um, yeah, I, I love your videos and I take Thank a you. lot of inspiration from them to make mine. So I've actually started using Musti as well because... I'm like, I need to make mine more like Jack. <laughs> We're shopping Musi around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, amazing. Well, you said that you're an online trainer and yes. you're also face-to-face still. So still still hands in the trenches, yes. still on the floor doing the work. And what sort of, you know, we, we all have our specialties in mm. terms of who do we enjoy working with, what are we good at doing, and, and what is that for you? So mine's evolved over the years. So when I actually started training, um, my, you know, we talk about this kind of client avatar that every trainer has. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of that person that you picture every time when you start training people. And mine for the longest time was actually my mum. Um, so my mum got me into fitness, which kind of maybe sounds weird to a lot of people, but I came home from school one day and mum was, she had this app called my fitness pal. And I was like, yep. what are you doing? And she's like, I'm not happy with where my body's at. I want to track some of my food because mm. apparently this is really good for you. And paying attention to your carbs and your fats ratios and stuff is really good for you and stuff. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so we bought Fitbits together. 
And we literally just the basic $70 band one to track our steps because we'd been told that that was good for you was to yeah. move. Because we didn't, the thing about me and my mum that we really have in common in the gym is we both really hate cardio. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I do not want to yeah. run. I do not want to cycle. <laughs> I do not want to get on the elliptical. Um, so we actually used to do these like circuit style training workouts together in this home garage that we had. Yeah. And, um, my mum basically encouraged me to get into that stuff. And then I started picking up weight training a little bit and I got her into weight training when I became a PT because one day she came in to do a circuits uh, session and she really messed up her knee. She mm -hmm. was on one of those, um, you know, those treadmills where it doesn't move, like it moves the by itself. Like you run it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. was on one of those and she, she just sort of went, oh, my knee's gone. And I was like, oh my God, what? And so we sort of looked into it and we had a physio at the gym and he was like, I think it's this, I think it's that. Like get her to do some strengthening exercises. So I started training my mom like to squat properly and to do this and do that. And she started to really, really enjoy it. So I was like, this is my favorite thing to do. It's to take people who don't really enjoy weight training Mm. and help them enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And then kind of as I got more into the game and I started learning more, I started to become fascinated with anatomy, biomechanics, and things like resistance profiles on exercises and kind of working out how can I create this amazing program. Mm. And then I realized for the average person, a lot of that doesn't actually matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So for me, like, I, I never say like I'm open to training everyone because I'm not. There's definitely mm. people that I will turn away. Um, you know, we just did a podcast for my podcast before and I said to you like I've never taken on somebody who's in pre and postnatal because mm. I don't know enough about it and it's not something for me. Um, but yeah, for me, it's anybody who is interested in learning a little bit more about the intricacies of training and nutrition mm -hmm. and how it relates to them. So how it can best serve their goal um, and really that extends to primarily body composition and sort of strength goals. Yeah. But, you know, I'm happy to work with anyone. Um, and men I like, and women? Yeah, men yeah, and women, yeah. definitely. I yeah. definitely have more women that work yeah. with me. Um, but I think that's just because I think women are better at asking for help. Yeah, than yeah. men are, especially when it comes <laughs> to fitness. Like, yeah, yeah they're, they're yeah. better at extending a hand and saying, hey, I need help with my journey mm. and I like your content or I like what you do or I saw what you did with X, Y, Z. Whereas guys tend to be a bit more reserved about that and they won't necessarily want to ask for that help. I do it myself. Exactly, yeah. They're just kind of like, I can bench more than you, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't need yeah. to work with you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like... For me now, my client avatar is probably, I have a client called Jess who like when I think of my perfect client is her because she's really attentive. She really likes training. She enjoys that process, but there are still challenges for me to have to solve mm. um, because she is in like Broadway and performing and all that yeah, sort of okay. stuff. So yeah. it's new city and like new hotels, new gyms, all that sort of stuff. So I'm engaged in the problem solving part of things. And yes, I like a really easy client as well. Like it's yeah, nice sometimes yeah. to have an easy 12 week training transformation but yeah. I like being able to help people solve problems and if people are willing to let me help them and invest the time into that then they are the client for me yeah awesome you mentioned the start of your journey being kind of around um inspired by your mom so yeah. I do see your mom on Instagram yeah. and she's pretty strong so go mama hello she goes all right yeah. Yeah, she does yeah. well um how how old were you when that experience kind of happened when you notice your mum taking a bit more of a interest in her own body composition and her own training. Uh, this would have been, I would have still been in uni at this point. So this would have been about 2016. So I would have been 19, 20. Um, yep. So in high school and stuff, I had no interest in training. It's always mm -hmm. really funny. People ask me like, what's your background in training? 
none. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't care. I played, yeah. I played soccer and cricket and stuff, and you know, I was quite sporty, but I was naturally just quite small. I didn't eat that much. You know, I ran quite a lot. Um, I, I enjoyed sport. I didn't really lift or anything. So yeah, it was only really when I turned about 19, 20 where I started going, oh, okay, there's this other side of things. And yeah, initially it was because I was like, oh, abs. abs like, yeah, I want yeah. abs. Yeah, I want to yeah. look like this, you know, and yeah. I want to build my abs and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that was kind yeah. of the... Yeah, well, I have a similar experience where, you know, I myself, I did like cross country and I played oh, yeah. basketball when I was, you know, I guess primary school, maybe early high school. Yeah. Uh, but the day I got my license, the first place I went to was Macca's drive-thru <laughs> and I remained there for the next four months. Well, okay. um, so you definitely got into fitness before I did. I probably started training around 20, 21. Okay, and yeah. I remember my husband, he was doing CrossFit at the time and he was like, oh, do a wad with me, you know, a workout of the day. And he gave me, he handed me this 16 kilo kettlebell and I was like, I cannot pick that up. <laughs> and now I, I kind of look back and I'm like, oh, 16 kilos. Yeah, but yeah, yeah we, we all start somewhere. But one of the, the reasons that I asked you on today, Jack, was because obviously you're very knowledgeable in terms of programming and hypertrophy. And that's if, you know, people know who you are, they would probably agree that that's the content that you put out. That's what you're known for, right? I'm kind of the pre and postnatal person. You would be known more as that hypertrophy training uh, person. Yeah, big person. training nerd, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the real reasons that I really wanted to have a chat with you is because of the experience you shared around, you know, whether it's eating disorders or disordered eating. Mm. It's very, two very different things. But I've had many of these conversations with women and it's very much seen to be a woman's problem yeah but it's not so much seen to be a man's problem or a, ma a male problem and I think men just don't talk about it as much as women do so one I thought it was brave that you shared your experience with that and I wanted to hear more about first off like what what did that look like for you and where where do you kind of see that that started to become a bit of a problem for you yeah sure so the big thing for me was that I I think a lot of guys when they get into fitness it's about I want to get big I want to yeah. get hench I want muscle <clears throat> mm. and I was the opposite okay so I <laughs> feel bad like name dropping somebody here but he's never going to listen to this but you know I was a massive How do you know? uh, well <laughs> he might do you know he might, but um <laughs> I was a massive 30 Seconds to Mars fan when I was a teenager. I love that. He's not band. listening to this. No. <laughs> he, he might, you know. But, um, but I was a massive 30 Seconds to Mars fan when I was a teenager. And I loved Jared Leto. Like, I, I thought he was absolutely awesome back then. And um, he was obviously in very good shape. You know, mm. he was touring all the time. And he had this kind of, like, Hollywood heartthrob kind mm. of thing. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, my God, he's so muscular. He was not. He was like 65 <laughs> no. kilos and very yeah. small. Um, but then when I learned that he was so small, like in terms of like weight-wise and stuff, and um, I kind of learned that actually by meeting him because I went to like a meet and greet. I was like, mm. wow, he's a very small human being. And I was like, I'm, I think I was like 82, 83 kilos at the time or something. Mm. And I was like, he's 65 kilos. To look like him, I have to be 65 yeah. kilos. He's roughly the same height as me. So as much as I was enjoying these like, weight training circuit style workouts that I was doing with my mom and all that sort of stuff. I was also kind of like, how do I get that lean and that small? Cause to me it was just the scale weight is what's going to be 
you know, what's going to get yeah. me there, essentially. It's going to make you look like him. Exactly. So yeah. I was in that trap of being like, yep, your body shape and what you look like is entirely tied to the scale, which now I know is completely false. Mm. But back then I didn't. And um, so I basically went about trying to lose more and more and more weight. And I remember, like, I was doing fucking like 30,000 steps a day, like mm. 30,000 steps. I was eating 1700 calories or something like that. Or yeah. trying to eat 1700 calories. I was training one to two times a day and I signed up to my local gym. Like I got out of the home gym and I went to the local gym to train. I signed up with a mate of mine and I'd go down in the morning and I'd do like maybe a back workout. And then I'd go down in the afternoon and I'd do 45 minutes of cardio on mm. top of the steps on top of the, like not eating very much. And, um, you know, I want, I do want to put like a little bit of a, a trigger warning to anybody before this because I, I do want to be very open about mm. this. So if you are somebody who has struggled with an ED or something like that and this does upset you to hear, please like feel free to not listen to my episode. It's okay, I won't be offended. Um, but I remember coming home one day and I was in this kind of like weird, I was really tired, I was really out of it. And um, I was just kind of in this weird state where I didn't feel like I was in control of myself anymore. Mm-hmm. And I went to the cupboard and I made myself some dinner and I couldn't stop eating. Like I just couldn't stop no matter what I wanted to do. And it was the weirdest things. Like I was just picking stuff out of the cupboard, out of the fridge. And none of this made, like when I look back on it, none of it made sense as to what I was eating, but I just kept going. And um, I sort of sat there and I went, oh my God, like if I tracked this, this would be like 7,000 calories or something like that. And I I remember feeling really sick and really gross. Mm. And the first thought that I had, which is really messed up to look back on it in the times, I've got to burn this off. Yeah. So I went out to the backyard and I started doing like high knees and star jumps and all this sort of stuff mm. to try. And I've just, I've literally just binge eaten. So you can imagine what that then like yeah. entailed into. I woke up the next day and it kind of just felt like a bit of a dream. It felt very like ethereal, like it didn't really feel like it had happened. And then this sort of pattern of behavior started to continue over the coming weeks, like two to three different times a week. And it was always, it would always follow a very similar pattern. It was kind of like, mm. I would restrict myself for two or three days really heavily and then I'd do all this exercise and stuff and then I'd get to the end of like the third day or whatever and I'd just crack, like I'd absolutely crack. Um, And it went on for a couple of weeks and my mum sort of took me aside and she was like, are you okay? Like, Mm. what's going on? Like, you're, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this behavior that you're doing, but something seems a bit off to us. Um, And I was like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, you know, I need more willpower. Yeah, basically, I was like, I need more willpower. I've heard people talk on Instagram about bodybuilding shows and they have these things where they then like really eat a lot of food. But what I didn't realize at the time was like, that's not healthy (laughs) at all. It's just because it happens doesn't mean it's normal. Um, And this honestly like carried on for like periods of, you know, six to nine months or so. Like I and my parents would try and intervene and they would try different things and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I was a as a 21 year old at the end of the day, like if I made up my mind to do something, I was gonna go do it, you know? So I would go and buy myself the food Mm -hmm. and I would eat it on the way home and stuff like that so my mum wouldn't know. Um, And it kind of culminated when I went back to the, because my family's all from the UK originally. So I went back to visit in 2017. It's the last time I I actually went back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had the goal of living there. I was like, I want to live in the UK now. I finished uni, I wanna pursue music, I'm gonna live here. And So all my family went home, they left me living with my nan, and I had a really bad episode staying with my nan, and it it scared me to the point where I went and woke her up and was like, nan, I'm I'm terrified of what's going on, like, I'm... I'm scared that I'm taking myself down this like really bad path. I know this isn't healthy, I don't know what to do. And she looked at me and she just square up went, Jack, you go home and you get help. 
mm. and you fix this. Like, and I was like, okay, you know, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny my nan. Like, she's the wisest person I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, she's. Yeah. I'm not gonna deny her. So I did. I got the first flight back to the to Australia, and one of the first things we did when I got back was seek out a therapist. And um, I went to speak to this therapist, and he sat me down, and he listened to what I had to say for a couple of weeks, and he said to me, he was like, Jack, I think. I don't think this is disordered eating patterns. I don't think that this is this, mm -hmm. that, and the other. He's like, I think you have an eating disorder. He's like, it mm -hmm. sounds like you have binge eating disorder. Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like you potentially have tendencies of bulimia. Mm -hmm. um, but he was like, I don't want to label it as such. And this was the big game changer for me. Because as soon as I heard those words, I panicked. Yeah. I was like, that makes it real. I'm really scared. What does that mean? I'm going to have to go and Google this. But he went, but I don't want to label it as such. He was like, to me you're just a young man who's got a few issues. Yeah. You know, he's like, and we can work through those issues. We and that, issues. yeah, and that to me made me go, okay, I can, I can fix this. I can, I can work through it. It's going to take time. And it did. It took a really long time um, to, you know, fix a lot of that. And sometimes I still struggle with like body image and all that sort of stuff, mm. but mm -hmm. not to a point where these behaviors still exist, thankfully. Mm. Um, but yeah, for me, I always say like fitness nearly ruined my life. Yeah. But, mm it wasn't actually fitness that did that. It was my idea of what I thought fitness was. Mm. And when I look at it now, what fitness actually is, and I say that as a celebration of what your body is capable of mm. and what it can do performing at its best, not necessarily looking at its best, but definitely performing at its best, that then kind of saved it, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of a how everything sort of happened. And I, and I won't go... I, people always ask, like, how did you get past all of that and really I don't really like giving that out simply because mm. what worked for me might not work for somebody else and the issues that I have may not encompass some what somebody else had and all that sort of stuff um but you know therapy was the biggest one and mm. it mm. really really helped um and yeah it's kind of shaped a lot of why I do what I do today essentially yeah yeah for sure well thank you for sharing oh, of course it. and what I loved about what you just shared Jack was I went to a therapist mm. and I got help Yeah, <laughs> and that's how I handled it. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think it's really important to differ differentiate, like I said at the start of this podcast, between disordered eating and eating disorders. Yes. yes. And, you know, sharing your experience around binge eating disorder, this is something that I only recently spoke about on my Instagram, actually. Uh, I don't know if you saw that post. I did, yeah. Yeah, but this notion, you know, there's a difference between overeating yes and yeah. binge eating disorder and hearing you describe and I'm certainly not a therapist I'm certainly not a eating disorder specialist at all but hearing you talk about your experience where you kind of felt like you were having like an out-of-body experience I was disassociative that was the yeah. word that my therapist used for it and that really helped me because he was like because I was like, I'm, I don't know how to control this. And he's yeah. like, it's okay. He's like, you are out of control at the moment, yeah. you know, and, and you can get that back. And it was learning to take it back rather than being like, I should be in control of this. I have no, yeah. I, I don't know what to do. It was like, yeah, the wording was very important. And you're right. Like, it's important to highlight we're not therapists. We can yeah. understand this to an extent from personal experience and all that sort of stuff. But like, you know, I... You talked about it in the podcast that we did for myself where you talked about being a nurse and it wasn't preventative enough for you mm. to stop people getting to that point. Yeah, We are able to be in a position where we can prevent people from getting to that point by feeding them legitimate information mm. and helping them balance their idea of what is sustainable mm -hmm. and what is not. Yeah. 
we can't take somebody who's already down that road and fix that for them. Unfortunately, that's not our job. I'd love to be able to. I'd absolutely yeah. love to be able to, but we can't and we shouldn't be, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that does get me a little bit. I see it online sometimes and I'm like, just because you had this experience yeah. and stuff doesn't mean you should be trying to fix it for people. Like there are people yeah. who are qualified for that. Yeah. Send them Which to is those not people. You. <laughs> Which exactly, yeah, you know, yeah. like we're, yeah. we're only qualified to a certain extent. And, you know, I've had clients who have been in that position who have been working closely with specialists mm. and therapists and the specialist has said to me like can you please design them an exercise program mm. you know but it's a balanced exercise program from a professional and they're realizing that i'm the professional in the the training side of things yeah. whereby i can balance their training volume and their frequency and they can see like okay jack said they only need to train three times a week yeah yeah why are they training 14 you know, yeah, like that's yeah. kind of the, you know, they start to be able to put all these puzzles together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but even then it's like, yeah, you, you have to be very willing to be working in conjunction with someone who is a specialist in that yeah. area and everything. So yeah, it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, we, some women are, you know, and we coach women and, you know, they might have a typical episode of overeating where hmm. they're out with friends and they're enjoying the the moment and yeah. all of a sudden they're knee deep in a whole pizza and they're like oh I just I'm I've got a problem and you know one of the key things that you said um Jack was when my mum noticed that I was doing it one of the things I started doing was buying it and eating it before I got home yeah. and that's one of the key markers of a binge eating disorder you start to do it in secret it's exactly. not something that you do in front of other people because exactly. there's a really big element of shame. Would you agree? Shame, attached? guilt, all that sort of stuff. Um, definitely. And yeah, this is what people don't understand. Like a one-off thing of eating 3000 calories while you're out with dinner with friends. Yeah. That is a freaking good meal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, that could be normal. Exactly. Sure. It was yeah. my anniversary with my partner on uh, yeah. Monday and we had a two year anniversary. I took her to a steakhouse mm. and we had like potatoes dipped in cheese. We had macaroni and cheese and stuff. We had these steaks and everything. I don't even want to think about how many calories are in there and I'm not yeah. going to, but it would have been a lot like, yeah. and it would have been a lot more than I normally eat. Yeah. But that's not binge eating. It's just eating more eating. food than yeah. normal you know yeah. like yeah exactly and binge eating is, is as you said before it's an out-of-body experience you're not controlling it and there is no end in sight you know yeah. you are basically just going 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 and that's where I think sometimes too when we talk about people who are obese and we say like they have a decision and it's their choice and stuff mm -hmm. it is more complicated than that because if somebody is binge eating and that's why they're gaining the weight because they're not exercising alongside and they're not doing the binge restrict cycle they're just yeah binge eating to cope with emotional traumas or something like that like they're not necessarily in control of that like yeah. that's just happening and it's then being able to go and get the help which okay you could argue is a decision but mm. it's if anybody's ever been to a therapist they will know it's not the easiest decision to make yeah. you don't just wake up one day and go yeah, yeah all right therapy yeah. done like you know and how much does a therapist cost an hour exactly they're, they're yeah. not cheap you <laughs> yeah. know so yeah, yeah like decision to an extent sure responsibility to take sure but mm. it's always a lot more complicated and nuanced I think yeah for sure and, and one of the things that you also shared was uh you know even though they're labels your therapist sharing with you you know I think that you're experiencing binge eating disorder and mm. potentially bulimia as well and would you agree that majority of people kind of associate bulimia with some kind of purging 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's and that's it. There's like buzzwords around it, and there's this kind of mental image around it, and it's like everything, right? Like everything has an association, and then mm. we're often surprised when those associations that let's be real, we often get from fictional media, mm. um, and we often get from TV and movies and stuff like this, where we maybe don't experience it in real life. Like, mm. you know, they generally don't come to fruition a hundred percent like that. Like, yes. There are people out there who have that kind of behavior, absolutely, but it's not the same for everyone, you know, mm. like, and that, that's the thing, like, it, my therapist was very careful to be like, it's tendencies, you know, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a spectrum, it's not that you are now going to have to identify as this for the rest of your life, it's like, mm -hmm. there is an end of that spectrum whereby you maybe do have some thoughts where you go, oh, you know, I don't look so good today, but you don't then go and beat yourself up over it and stuff. Mm. You're right at the bottom end of that spectrum, which is where we all want to be. Because let's be real, we all have times where we look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, yeah. I'm not 100% happy about what I look like today, or, you know, I could go on a diet, or maybe I should train a bit more. But it's how you then respond to those feelings that really mm. kind of mm. then defines where you're at, essentially. And for yeah. me, I always hear, <laughs> people are going to have very big opinions on this one. Um, but Give it to us. I always hear relationship with food. Yep. And I'm like, there is no relationship with food. Mm. You know, it's a relationship with yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's then how you view food as part of that. You mm. know, if you are giving food the power to kind of hurt you and to do that damage, that's coming from somewhere deeper inside you. Mm. Now, yes, food is used in, you know, it's been something that we've used as humans to bond for years. Mm. You know, we use Christmases, Thanksgivings in America, you know, like birthdays, Easter, all this sort of stuff, like all these holidays um, in every religion and under every belief system always revolve around meals and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But it's also social. And food it's social, exactly. Social. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have a relationship with food in that, you know, you're having arguments with it or yeah. you're trying to come to yeah. like this like impasse with it or discussions with it and all that sort of stuff. When you think of a relationship with a human being, mm. it's a give and take, yeah. right? Like if you're giving something to food, that's a problem mm. for me anyway. Like that's how I see it. That's how I interpret mm. it. Other people may see it completely differently. Yeah. And you know, there may be people out there who tell me that I'm an idiot and that should shut up. But <laughs> you know, that's just how I see it. And that's something that really helped with me was taking that power away from food and going, well, yeah. food is giving me energy. Food is giving me pleasure. Food is giving me a social interaction with my friends tonight. Like, mm. And that kind of helped me then sort of shape why I was eating what I was eating a little bit more and be okay with those decisions. Because at the end of the day, if I'm choosing to go out for dinner with my friends, mm. I'm choosing that. Yeah, if I'm choosing yeah. to go and have the pizza, I'm choosing that. It's my decision. I'm taking responsibility for that. You know, It's on my relationship with myself. Mm. The pizza didn't sit there and go, eat me, eat me. Like, you know, and... Yeah, if it did, you've probably taken something else before you went out to dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, the the it's a symptom, right? Yeah. The, f the food becomes a symptom of the reflection of the relationship we have with self. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. But you know, back to uh, chatting about the the bulimia aspect. Mm. Uh, you know, when people associate purging with bulimia, over exercising and compensating is also a form of bulimia, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, yeah. I think that it's, you know, particularly for me in my coaching, I, one thing I always say to my, to my clients is language matters, the, the yeah. words that we use to describe things and the way that we use to explain things really matter. So using words like, I need to go and burn X off and I need to go and burn Y off is for me, in my opinion, harmful, especially yeah. as coaches. But, you know, you, you, you kind of spoke about, um, you said fitness almost ruined my life. Yeah. 
So when, when and where did that change for you? It changed when I started to realize that there was more to fitness than abs. Genuinely, yeah. like it sounds like a very basic answer, but that's it. You know, I, I stopped obsessing over there. And, you know, I always talk about when I was in uni because I was quite lean naturally and stuff. Like I was like, I weigh 92 kilos at the moment or something. Like that's heavy for me. Um, but I'm very happy with how I look. Mm. You know, I'm definitely carrying more body fat than I have in the past, but like I feel pretty strong. Definitely got more muscle mass than I did, mm. you know. And people look at me and go, "Oh, you look like you lift." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. you know, awesome." <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, like it was when I stopped putting all of my weight into I need to have abs, I need to have a six pack, I need to be lean shredded, and I didn't even know why, mm. you know. But when I was in uni, I, I developed the nickname Six Pack Jack, yeah, um, because ah, it's catchy, it rhymes, and I was one of the only people that did take care of themselves in any kind of way to the point where I was like that lean sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I got this sort of nickname of being the one who exercises and stuff. And it, it was harmless. You know, it was a harmless nickname. But mm. to me, it became kind of an identity yeah, because yeah. that was how people started referring to me. It wasn't Jack anymore. It was Six Pack Jack. Mm. And going to uni at a place where everybody was playing music and being creative and stuff, and they were getting nicknames based off their artistic ability. Mm. And I was getting a nickname based off my physical appearance. Yeah. I was like oh my God, so if I lose this, am I just really bad at what I'm doing music-wise? Like, do I need to have this to yeah. be able to have friends and succeed and have this identity? And, you know, when you're a young young human being, you know, when you're coming into your 20s and stuff, it is a tough one trying to find who you are and what mm -hmm. your identity is. And at, at that point, I was like, okay, I am my abs, you know, which yeah. when I look back on it, that's sad. Like, it really is. But, you know, it was where I was at at the time. And, um, it was really once I started kind of realizing there's so much more to fitness and becoming a PT and seeing people. I was telling uh, my partner Denise the other day about this story. Um, when I worked in the first gym that I was at, it was a gym called Healthmates down in Reesby in Southwest Sydney. And there were a lot of elderly members because it was part mm. of a like RSL club basically. Yep. So they would come in and we had this young at heart program, which was where if you were over 60, you could come in and do five complimentary half hour sessions with a trainer. Yeah, that's and the so cool. idea was then to bed them into the gym and push them into the over 60s classes that we had and get them comfortable with the machines. Um, and I had this couple and they told me uh, that they were going on a walking holiday in Italy. They were mm -hmm. going like the, the coast of this, I can't remember what city it was, but they were basically going on this walking holiday and they were petrified about this one hill that you have to climb up, which is all stairs. Mm -hmm. And the guy had just had a um, knee reconstruction like six months ago. And he was like, I don't think I can do it, man. He's like, I'm really, really scared that I'm not going to be able to enjoy my holiday to the max. And um, so I put together all these like fun little sessions for them. Like I'd stack up plyo boxes as if they were steps and we'd do yeah. like step ups and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, they, they went off on their holiday and they came back and I said, well, how was the holiday? Mm. And he was like, the view from the top of that staircase. <laughs> and the look on their faces when he yeah. said that, I was like, wow. Like, and I helped them do that. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, but to me, it was more like, wow, they didn't, like, I'm, I've PT'd them for however long, and they don't care, like, what they look like. They don't yeah. care at all. And this view that they got to see, mm. um, they always told me they'd show me a photo, and they never did. So it was a little <laughs> dirty about that. But, but, you know, this view that they got to have and everything, mm. like, absolutely made their experience. Mm. And they kept coming back to the gym. You know, and they enjoyed it so much. They saw what they, it could do for them. And having more experiences like that with people made me realize there's more to this than just what you look like. Mm. And then I started working with Mark Carroll, um, my coach and who you've worked with and stuff um, in 2020. And I was already doing a lot better at this point. Um, but, you know, he said to me, he was like, I need you to eat a lot of food. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know, man. He's like, just eat a lot of food. He's like, can you just like, you know. Man of many words. Yeah, basically. But he, he said to me, he's like, you want to grow muscle? And I was like, yes. Because at this point I'd started being like, okay, I want to get a bit bigger. I want to look mm. like I lift. I don't want to look like this, you know, skinny, like lean, small dude anymore. You know, I want to start exploring other goals here. I want to get strong. I want to feel strong, all that sort of stuff. He was like, you got to eat food, man. Mm. And he had me on like 3,800 calories a day at one mm. point. Um, and I was like, I feel really good. Yeah. And training feels really good. And so all of a sudden, those days where I'm waking up at 4.30 a.m. and finishing work at 8 p.m., I'm zooming through them. Mm. I was like, whoa, like this feels so much better, you know? And I, I started, started to realize like that amount of like depravity that I'd been having with mm. myself around food and around what I could achieve and what was possible, you know, and like seeing stronger numbers go up and taking that focus away from just aesthetic, you know, like, yes, okay, I was trying to gain muscle, but really like there were all these goals and he kept coming back to him. He was like, I want your bench here and I want your squat here. And I kept being like, yeah, I'd love to do chin-ups like this. And, so, and I found that my language started getting more and more away from what I look like and more yeah. and more towards what I could achieve and perform and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that was huge for me because at that point I'd started really recovering from all those behaviors, but there was still that idea in my head of being like, yeah, you know, what you mm. look like is your worth and stuff, you know, yeah. for myself anyway, I was starting mm. to see for a lot of other people, mm. but I wasn't really believing it for myself as much. And now it's like, yeah, I'm, I love food, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. and I love all that sort of like side of things. So that was really transformative for me in the last couple of years of being able to go down this kind of more hypertrophy route and get people to build muscle and hit big lifts you know my favorite thing is all my female clients seeing them do chin-ups I'm yeah, like that yeah. is so awesome yeah. like you know especially if somebody comes to me and they're like you know I want to diet I'm like okay cool but like what else do you want to do yeah. you know like I'll diet you 100% I got nothing against dieting I'm not anti-diet or anything like that I like helping my clients you yeah. know see themselves as you know this like epic physique and stuff cool but like I'm also like what else do you want to do what else, yeah. you know what else is yeah. there and if there's nothing else I'm like well I want you to think about something yeah we're gonna make something exactly it's like <laughs> yeah. well here's your program for the first four weeks but look at the movement patterns we're doing mm -hmm. that are relevant to your goals what do you want to get better at? Like, what do you feel like you're not very good at? Mm. You know, like, and let's, let's improve that. Whether it be the squat, whether it be, you know, I had a lady recently tell me she wanted to bench her body weight. And I was yeah. like, I haven't heard that in a few years. Yeah. I'm really excited I for this. Do let's that. do that. You, <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. you know, like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 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 And one of the things that you said was that it doesn't, like, oh, I can't remember the words exactly that you said, but you described... I guess those parts of you or those thoughts that you had around your body image mm. and describing them like they, they don't really go away. And mm. I, I really respect and appreciate that because I feel like there are parts of us that we always carry, right? And, you know, I've shared some of my experience around orthorexia back in the days when I, I was around 21 and the, the goal was always to be, how do I just be the smallest version of yeah, myself? Yeah. Uh, and... I call them parts because they are, they're, they're parts of us that come back sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And they tell certain stories and you have to get better at noticing when they're there and checking in with yourself to be like, is the story I'm telling myself true? And mm. if it's not, what do I kind of need to do here to recheck myself? Would you agree? Is that sort of the experience that you I would agree, today? yeah. Like, and again, like I'm not a psychologist, but the way I see it is like, if you're, if you're a stress head, I'm a stress head. I'm, I'm a, stress a head. big stress head. <laughs> yeah. 
you're never not going to be a stress head. Yes. You can do all the breath work you want. You can <laughs> routinize your life all you want. You can take your freaking human cold showers and away. manifest and everything. <laughs> like, you know, but you're probably always going to be a stress head at heart, but it's yeah. then how you actually combat that stress and how you can compartmentalize it and go, I don't need to worry about this at the moment. That's not a valid concern right now. This isn't that important. Mm. I don't need to worry about this. Like, rather than just going, I'm really overwhelmed. I'm really yeah. overwhelmed. Which self-coach. is self-coach. Exactly. Self and yeah, once yeah. you can kind of start breaking things down and looking at it like that, and I think you're right when it comes to body goals and what you think of yourself and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, as I said, I, I look in the mirror sometimes. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I've kind of lost a bit of definition there. Yeah. But it's a fleeting moment. And it's yeah. like a... Oh yeah. man, like, or I might make a comment to Denise and she's like, shut up. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> you know, you are right. Like, yeah. so it's kind of, yeah, being able to rationalize it more and kind of take a bit of the emotion out of it. And I think that's something we're, we're getting better at as an industry in fitness is taking a lot of the emotion out of things and being able to put a bit more rationality, um, is that a word? I don't know. Yeah. But like being able to put a bit more of the rational side of things behind things and go, okay, well, these are actually the facts. Like Lay Norton says it really, really well. He's mm -hmm. like, facts don't care about feelings. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and he's right. You yeah, know, like yeah. just because your perception of something is true doesn't make it more true than the thing that actually is true, you yeah. know. And the biggest thing that I could say to anybody out there, you know, regardless of how much you struggle with body composition and what you look like is you are not your body fat percentage. You are not. You are so much more than that. As you talked about, there are so many more parts of you that make you the human being that you are. Mm. Is it a part of you? Yeah. Is it a very like flux part of you that changes depending on context and life? <laughs> yeah. So get okay with that, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. And what would, you know, you spoke before about coaches not being therapists. Yeah. Uh, and I think that we need to get better at that as an industry and realize when we're stepping out of our scope and that's mm. definitely one of the things that we do at team violin really well like you know we have a dedicated eating disorder specialist oh, who's a, a dietitian on the team and that's been really helpful for us because you know when people do come on to work with you and i don't know if you've experienced this you get disordered eating vibes yes and you're like hmm yes this is kind of stepping out of my territory yeah. and for us we can refer and I suppose that you probably refer around and say look like this is I'm not the right person to help yeah. you yeah. Um, but what would you say of course this is not medical advice or psychological psychological advice but someone potentially you know from hearing your story wondering oh, okay I have these parts of me as well and I see those parts of me what would your advice to them be? I think the big thing is get a get an external opinion, mm -hmm. basically. Like speak to somebody who is you don't necessarily have to go and seek out like the best therapist in your area or something like that. Like I, personally, I think everybody should get therapy. Yeah, uh, I get personally. them every week. I see my therapist. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> genuinely, even if you do it once every three months, just to check in and make yeah. sure that all the lights are on properly up there yeah. and everything. Like it doesn't have to be like a catastrophic. No. event that's taking you to a therapist sometimes it's just like fine-tuning yeah and yeah. i always think to people like how much better do you feel when you talk about stuff yeah and yeah. think about that in terms of like talking to a friend or talking to a parent or talking yeah. to a partner now talk to somebody who has got no bias whatsoever mm. and is literally paid to be there to listen to you and guide you in the right direction 
yeah, yeah. pretty freaking powerful, yeah, right? But yeah. yeah, I think the biggest thing is just seek an external external opinion um, from somebody who is qualified to give that opinion, whether it be sure. you know your GP Qualifi- or qualified keyword. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Don't go seeking a coach. Yeah. Don't go to a coach because the other thing that people don't realize is. I have a bit of a gripe with the term disordered eating. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, eating disorder, yeah, very, very quantifiable. Disordered eating could mean so many different things. And I, I always come back to it. I'm like, what actually is disordered eating? Because what's normal eating, mm-hmm. right? Like, we look at cultural differences. We look at, like, you know, people who work night shift versus day shift. We, w- we look at people who work these rotating rosters. Like, what actually is normalized eating? eating because realistically you could look at calorie tracking and say that's disordered eating because mm, and people do say yeah. that you know you could look at clean eating and say that's disordered eating yeah you could look at one meal a day and fasting and say that's disordered eating mm. it's more kind of looking at okay is this dangerous eating yeah. essentially like it's negatively like, impacting either my mental health or my physical health yeah exactly it's yeah. like are you are you depriving yourselves of things for the wrong reasons, basically? Yeah. You know? and, and as he said, is that negatively then impacting your body, your mind, or both, mm. essentially? So seek a qualified external opinion and, you know, also, like, audit yourself. Mm. You know, check in with yourself. If you're kind of sitting there going, I'm concerned about this behavior, there's probably a reason you're concerned about it. Mm. So it's a good idea to kind of check in with yourself and be like, okay, well, why am I concerned about it? You know, mm. if you're concerned about calorie tracking because somebody's been on a podcast and said, calorie tracking is bad, don't track mm. calories, you're fine. Don't mm. worry about it. But if you are noticing things where you're kind of like, oh, I'm starting to feel really guilty when I eat this food or I'm mm. feeling sh- ashamed when I eat this sort of stuff around certain people, especially PTs. I find this all mm. the time. PTs are like, I can't have a client look in my shopping trolley because they're going to judge me. And it's like... For being human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. you want to eat a Tim Tam, eat a Tim Tam. Like, who yeah. cares? You know, yeah. like, um, doesn't have to just be fruit and lean proteins in your shopping trolley. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seek that seek that qualified external opinion and have that conversation. It's scary sometimes because mm. a lot of the time you'll be like, I don't know what they're going to find or what they're going to say. Mm. But a lot of the time they will just kind of say to you like, well, actually, it's probably not as bad as you think, mm. you know, or if it is, here's the steps to then kind of fix that up before it becomes something worse. Yeah, for sure. Well, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing oh i'm i'm always happy to i i used to be really scared to have these kind of conversations because i was always kind of like i don't know if it's going to sound like i'm just seeking attention or something like Mm, that but mm -hmm. you know for me it's like well if i can help someone with this or if somebody Mm. listens to it and goes oh well he struggled with it and he's now in a much better place and that helps them then that's great for me it's interesting that you say that because at the start of the podcast we talked about the fact that you train more women probably because men are less willing to reach out for help. Yeah. Do you see how that kind of just ties in? Yeah, exactly 100%. 100%, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. and I can say it from being there myself. I was yeah. very reluctant at first to to get help with all these things. And even outside of that, like I was very reluctant to hire a coach. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't need a coach. I can yeah. program myself. And then I found that I was spending like an hour like tinkering on like one day of my programming. And I was just like, you know what? There are people that are better than me at this. I can learn stuff. Yeah. Let's go pay them to do this yeah. instead. A lot you know? of money to do it instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. But, you know, I really wanted to highlight that because I could have had this conversation with a variety of women that I know. And those are really important conversations to have. Hmm. But equally, you know, men also experience these parts of them. And yeah. they also have negative experiences when it comes to 
you know, for, for yourself, it was the opposite end of the spectrum where you were trying to be a smaller version of yourself. But for a lot of men, it's, you know, opposite to women where it's like, how do I just be the biggest version of yeah, myself? They see all these people in media who are on a lot of steroids and they yeah. see a lot of that stuff and they're like, well, I want to look like that. Or even not steroids. Like this is the other thing too people don't realize. Like if you do a photo shoot or, yeah. you know, even if you're a natural bodybuilder and stuff like that, it's like you are designing your body for that day to look as good as it possibly can. Mm. And then chances are most people aren't there to see it happen in person. So then it's doctored up a little bit more on photos and videos. And you and just recycle it. And you recycle it. <laughs> yeah. And it's perfect angles yeah. and it's really good lighting and you got a pump, you're really hot and sweaty and dry. And it's got like... Got no content today. Oh shit, I've got that video. Uh, that, yeah, that photo exactly. While they're out, sitting yeah. on the couch eating Maltesers yeah. like off their chin like this yeah. and they're yeah. kind of like, oh, I got to post this. Like, yeah. You know, yeah sure. so. And, and it's, it's interesting too because women you know, there's there's signs for women probably a little bit earlier on than men in terms of when we look at things like uh, reds, like relative energy deficiency mm. or hypothalamic amenorrhea, where their body is telling them, like, you, we don't have enough here to, you know, like, we're just trying to survive. So what, yeah. what good is fertility when I we wouldn't be able to basically... Um, be able to support a pregnancy. So women will see changes in their menstrual cycle where, you know, they either notice an increase in the, the length or, like, how long their periods are in between. And I've experienced this myself, you know, when I was really lean and doing a mini cut, I was like, you know, my cycle was 28 days, then I was 30, then I was 32, then I was 34, then I was 36. I was like, hmm, okay, there's... Hello, hello, yeah. thank you for this feedback. But it's ch more challenging in men because men don't have what women have being that of a menstrual cycle. So yeah. things like energy deficiency or, or reds is harder to pick up for sure. So, yeah. Thank and you. you can make excuses for things like, you know, I've got pounding headache all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just really tired. And so it's like, oh, ah, maybe I'm just working yeah. myself or too Or like hard. libido like, or energy yeah. or like... Are you experiencing hair loss? Are you cold all the time? Like yeah. these are also Well, really this is something for men so. that I always hear. So I'm sorry to be a little bit crude in how I say this, but like I saw a thing online like previously and they were like, if you are a male who is, you know, still kind of in your, your prime, I guess, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever age that extends up to for each individual man, like if you are not waking up yeah. fairly excited in the morning, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's probably an issue going on there. You know, if you're not yeah. like, as long as that might last, might last 30 seconds when you wake up in the morning. But it's like, if you're not waking up in that state, mm. like you should probably get something looked at there. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. get some bloods done, have a yeah. look at your test levels. And if they're really low, there's going to be a reason for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and libido is a, a big one for men and women because it's a normal part of our physiology. For exactly, sure. so, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Again, I think we kind of went through at the start where to find you, did we? You yeah, I mean, Instagram? just come to my Instagram, Jack Hallows Fitness. There's a link tree on there with everything on there, podcast, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, easiest way to do it, I think. Is it, what's your podcast called? Jack Hallows Podcast? Jack Hallows Podcast. I'm so creative, <laughs> like Jack Hallows Fitness. How did Fitness. you come up with that? I don't know, like it just came to me in a dream one night, you know, like <laughs> I'm pretty sure my YouTube channel is just called Jack Hallows as well, so yeah. it's all there. You've got the brand identity going for you. You can tell I like my name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and how can people work with you? So you, you offer one-on-one -on -one coaching? I do. I offer one-to-one -one online coaching um, and I also offer, if you're in Sydney, I do have very limited one-to-one um, -one personal training spaces at Prime in Surrey Hills. So people can send me a DM about the PT, otherwise all the coaching info is in that link tree on my Instagram. Amazing. 
All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a five-star review, like, share with your friends, and, yeah, head over to Jack's Instagram. Amazing. Thanks, Sheridan. <laughs>